the Inside Out Group podcast, where we talk about organizational leadership, systems, marketing, and more for your church or organization. Our goal is to help you redefine your culture from the inside out. Today, we want to talk about three issues that every leader will face. Today, you have your host, Nathan Westfall, and coughing Michael Moore. <coughs> yeah, no, I've been sick for like two weeks, actually. Your message this morning was 48 minutes long, and 18 minutes of that was coughing. <laughs> was coughing. That's, that is so true. I felt so bad, and yeah, even now. <coughs> <laughs> so this half-hour podcast will be 40 minutes, 10 minutes for Michael coughing, yeah. and we'll be all set. Yeah, so listen, just so everybody knows, I got sick, and I mean like 36 hours in the bed sick, nice. and, uh, and then after that, I developed a cough, and I just can't get rid of the cough, and so... That's it? That's it. Nice. That's all I have. So, Michael, how have you been? We uh, kind of were off last week because we had a lot of family stuff going on, and now that we're part of the same family, it's the same yeah, yeah. So, um, un- unfortunately, my father-in-law uh, passed away, and uh, so it kind of took a toll on the family, and and uh, as well as my mom being sick, and so it was just, mm. it was just. And she uh, moved last week too, right? Yeah, she moved. Yeah. I'm actually flying out in two days to go help her get set up and do doctor's appointments and stuff. So, <laughs> we uh we kind of got hit pretty hard, just all at once. You know, they say whenever it rains, it pours, and. Yep. And it did, but we're uh, taking it day by day, getting better. Um, my wife is doing well. Your wife, how's she doing? Good, good for what it is. Yep. Yeah. So we're. I wouldn't say good. I don't say. I don't want to say we're doing good, but we're doing okay. We're doing well. Yeah, we're getting back to a normal schedule. So I thank yeah. you everyone for getting by a week of us going silent for there. We're not gone. We're just had to take a week. So. Yeah. Yeah. Personal reasons and stuff. Yeah. So be praying for us. Yeah. Uh, on a lighter mood, we just came from watching the Super Bowl that ended right now 15 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago. 30? Yeah, about 30. 30 minutes yeah. ago? Um, what did you think? I know that we have a diehard Patriots fan. Yeah, it was the worst Super Bowl ever. It was boring. It really was. And I, was, I only stayed. I didn't even stay to halftime. And so, um, however, I did keep up with the game. But, like, 10 to 3? Like, hello, And most people. of that was in the last quarter. Like, it yeah. was... 3-0 forever, and then 3-3, and then waiting. Yeah, someone today at church actually said, because I made a joke at our Albany campus, I was like, uh, you know, we need to pray against Tom Brady, and we need to pray against the Patriots. And someone came up and was like, you know, if you start praying for your enemies, then maybe they would actually lose. And I was like, well, we'll see what happens tonight. And clearly, I need to start praying for the Patriots to win, and then maybe they'll lose. I don't like the Patriots, just yeah. like I don't like Alabama. That's fair. And if you're listening to this and you're a Patriots fan, I just want you to know God has mercy on your soul. Yeah. A little bit of mercy. Yeah. Yeah. So they won. That's yeah. All. What, what was your favorite commercial? Uh, the combin- So I would say the combination of all the T-Mobile ads. And we were talking about this on the way here. So just uh, a buddy of ours actually tweeted out. You might know him, Dave Hewlett. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. So yeah, yeah, I liked it. Because yeah. of the, the T-Mobile stuff, they had a couple commercials, and not only can you just sign on with them and they'll pay you out of your bill, but you get a free Lyft ride and free tacos from Taco Bell on Tuesday night. So he's like, perfect, free date on T-Mobile. Yeah, that that does sound pretty uh, pretty sweet. I do like T-Mobile. I've had T-Mobile for about a year and a half now, and they haven't failed me. No, I appreciate it because I get free internet on Delta with your phone number. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. Used it last week, so I appreciate it. <laughs> did you really? I did. That's awesome. That's yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. 
Um, so diving in today's topic, then uh, you said that there are three things that every leader could face, and I think I actually said will face in the introduction. Yeah, no, th- yeah, definitely is three things that every leader will face, okay. and uh, so I'll kind of just give us an overview of that. And this is really, this is a combination of talks that I've heard. Uh, and just stuff that I've been personally working through as well as uh, talking with our leadership team about it. So yesterday, uh, which the time of when you're listening to this podcast, it's obviously days uh, days before, uh, we talked about this. And really the three things that every leader will face in a negative connotation is uh, a lust of the flesh and of the eye and then dealing with the pride that life brings in your mm-hmm. life. So yeah. lust of flesh, lust, lust of your eyes, and then... Uh, the the pride and, and and let me just explain the well, I mean really just lust of the pre- lust of the flesh. So it's kind of like your lust of passions, lust of possessions, and the lust of a position. Yeah. And so those those three things, and I think that every person deals with that. Um, but it is one of those things for leaders, organizational leaders, and especially church leaders that we will end up facing. Yeah, that's good. So let's let's dive in now that we got the overview. Let's talk about the the first one you just covered, which I think was the lust of the flesh. Yeah, so lust of the flesh is really uh, it isn't in a sense of lust of flesh is like uh, um, lusting after somebody else. I think whenever you say that, that's what people will immediately think of. But really, it's it's being tempted. Um, it's being tempted to feel good about your life, being yeah. tempted to feel good about the things that you accomplish and that you do. And so in a Christian context, um, I, I, I think a lot of times we are tempted to use the gifts that God has given us for our own pleasure instead of to serve others, to serve the organization, and ultimately for the glory of God. And a lot of times people think, well, Satan's only going to tempt me in my weaknesses, right? So if I deal with... Um, insecurity. Satan's going to make you constantly feel insecure. If I deal with, uh, I don't know, whatever sin is out there, porn addiction, you know, you think, oh God, I'm always going to deal with porn addiction. But a lot of times, uh, lust of the flesh is uh, you're really good at something. And Satan says, well, hey, if you're really good at that, I'm going to tempt you with that. I'm going to tempt you with your passions to to kind of boost your ego and to essentially want something or desire something that maybe you don't have right now. And so it really is a lust of the passion, lust of the flesh. You want something more than that. And this is something that we see all throughout Scripture. This happened with Adam and Eve in the garden. Uh, This happened with Moses. This happened with uh, Esau. This happened ultimately with Jesus. Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, he was brought out and Satan was tempting him and he said, you know, if you can you can turn this rock into bread and, and eat it and satisfy yourself. And Jesus's response was, "Man can, uh, can live cannot live on bread alone." I'm butchering it, yeah, but you know, you, you don't have to, to live on yeah. bread alone. Um, and so, for all of you theologians out there, don't hate me on this. And so, it's one of those things that lust of the flesh uh, is something that I really feel a lot of people deal with because they want to feel good about their accomplishments. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, jumping into the second one here, just keeping this trend going. So what about lust of the eyes? So lust of the eyes is really dealing with possessions. 
And again, this is not a, and it sounds like a lust of your eyes. It sounds like a sexual type thing, but it is, I'm not talking about that with that. It's, it's really uh, lusting after materialistic things that other people have that you might not necessarily have. Mm-hmm. Envy towards someone's uh, status. So uh, one of the things I deal with sometimes is you flip through Instagram and you see all these big churches and it's just like, my gosh. I would love to be that. I would love to be the next Hillsong or the next Elevation or the next whoever it may be. And you start lusting after that stuff. The temptation with it, though, is if you're not careful, you will end up compromising your message or your life mission in order to obtain material possessions from people. And so it's it's very easy where someone says, hey, if you compromise your message a little bit, we're going to give X amount of dollars towards your organization. Yeah. Or if you compromise this a little bit, then we'll stick with you in the church. If if you don't deal with this particular hot subject, um, then then we're going, we're, we'll we'll end up uh, we'll end up leaving the church, or if you or we'll stay at the church, so to speak. Yeah. <clears throat> and so what happens is you start. You start lusting and desiring different possessions, so to speak, that maybe uh, you wouldn't have thought that you would have to deal with. You start thinking of yourself better than other people. You start uh, thinking of yourself at a higher statue. And this is this is something that people people deal with. This is I, I think this is something that if we can all be honest, that have you ever dealt with this? Yeah, especially yeah. the envy part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You envy you envy what somebody else wants. You want what somebody else yep. wants. And I don't. I want to make this clear. I don't think it's wrong to have materialistic possessions. Uh, people that preach you need to be impoverished and poor, and all that stuff. I think that that's. Uh, I think that that's false. But if that is what your pursuit is, yeah, then then it is going to wrap yourself. You're going to wrap your identity up in it and you're going to end up pursuing something and getting something and then you're never going to be satisfied. Yep. You're always going to want more. And this is something that we saw with with Esau, right? Yep. Esau, he traded his birthright for a cup of porridge. He wanted food to satisfy him. He wanted to feel good. He wanted um he 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 wanted the cup of soup. Yep. And because of that, he lost everything that God had promised him for that. And so I think it's it's true. And I just want to say this and not to get political, politicians Politicians, everyone out there that's listening to this, turn on CNN or Fox News, MSNBC, whoever it may be, and you will see that there are politicians who compromise the values that they stand for in order to obtain something or in order to get a favor. I mean, God knows how many people got tickets to the Super Bowl and they had to give up something that maybe was uh, a core value in themselves in order to get tickets to the Super Bowl, like I, you know, I'm not saying that that necessarily happened, but it probably happened. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, since and then, we're, since we're talking Super Bowl references, right? Yeah, just keep uh, yeah. it going. Keep yeah. it going. Um, so let's talk Patriots about Patriots suck. Okay, I just, <laughs> are you a Patriots fan? No, not at all. Okay, all no, right, no, no, that's no. good. That's no, good. No, 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 I'm a Jets fan, so the life all right. Is a well, we'll forgive you for that yeah. too. They're yeah, never yeah, going to yeah. make it to the Super Bowl. Never, never. The fact that they're still in the NFL is amazing, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like the Browns, you know? Yeah. Are they even still around? I don't even they, know. They are. They are. Yeah, yeah. God so, have mercy on them. Last one here. Let's <coughs> talk about pride. Pride. Yeah. So uh, this is another thing, the pride of life. We will be tempted to show off our ministry, our talents, our abilities, how we preach, how well we lead, how well we program, how well we are, are do our job. 
uh, in order for us to gain affirmation from other people, in order for us to to uh, to, to, to essentially to want to be worshipped. We want people to like us. And look, the number one thing I think that we can look at in our society is look at social media. How many people do you know that have posted something on social media and they don't get enough likes or hearts or retweets about it and then a few hours they take it down and then they repost it whenever their algorithms are going to be a little bit higher so that they'll get more likes. Yep. This is something that people people deal with. And so... <laughs> it's it's one of those things that pride creeps up and you know pride comes before the fall and yeah. and that is that is a biblical principle Jesus teaches it and it's something that we see uh very very often and so uh you know how how good is your worship leader is your worship leader up there and are they doing it ultimately for God or mm-hmm. are they doing it to get recognition from yeah. themselves yeah. uh now with that I want to make this very clear uh because uh, well, actually, we'll, I'll tie this in in a minute, but yeah, yeah. So, um, so kind of recap, lust of the flesh, yep. lust of the flesh being your passions, a lust of uh, the eye being possessions, and then a lust of uh, pride essentially is being a position. You're, you're wanting to be elevated higher than everybody else and everyone to serve you. And in leadership, we are called to serve other people around us. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so how might you know if you are dealing with, with, one or all three of these things. Yeah, I think uh, I think that this is important uh, to have community around you, and it's important to have men and women who are going to be able to speak into your life and be able to talk to you about the things that you go through, talk to you about maybe key things that they see. And so um, I think, Nathan, you're pretty good that if I become very prideful or arrogant or whatever it may be, usually you're pretty quick to call me out of on, out on it. Uh, and, you know, I know we, we've had these conversations before. I've done the same with you. Uh, and so I think having people around you to be able to be like, Hey, you're being real prideful right now. You need to tone it back. Um, just having that people around you and then also being self-aware yeah. of, of the motive behind what it is that you're actually doing what you're doing in your job or in leadership or, or specifically in, in ministry. Uh, you know, what is the motive that you're doing this? Are you wanting a big church just to have a big church? Are you wanting to, uh, do this marketing campaign just to reach more people or, uh, to where you look good or are you truly doing it to advance your mission or to advance the kingdom of God? And so, uh, self-awareness is one. And then the other is really, uh, having people speak into your life and, and being transparent with you. And, and listen, I think it's huge that you, you pause and whenever someone comes to you and they critique you, that you shut up and you listen and you let them talk to you. Uh, you let them be honest with you uh, and you don't get defensive. A lot of times people get defensive and and that defensive actually pushes people away who yep. are really trying to call you to a higher standard. And so if you can recognize these three things, the, the flesh, the eyes, and the pride, uh, you really can kind of throw in the antidotes, which we'll talk about in just a minute, to be able to combat these things and um, kind of go from there. Yeah, and I just want to say too, with with someone talking to you about it, even if you know that they they might be wrong or it's something that you don't want to hear, I mean, there there's always no harm in hearing them out and just trying to take it for what it is, right? That's where yeah. a lot of leaders go wrong. Is even if it's something that they know someone isn't reliable or maybe it's just not a criticism they they want to hear, they brush it off a lot quicker than actually just pretending or not even pretending, but just sit there and know it's hard, but listen to the feedback anyway and do what you can with it. Yeah, right? yeah, there's most no, definitely. There's no harm in that for you or the other person to at least sit 
shut up and listen. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. You're going to learn something if you're open to it. Yep. And uh, and then you also, it will cause you to be more self-aware with what's the motive behind it. Yeah. Uh, and, and how are you trying to, uh, or what are you trying to do with it? So yeah. no. definitely think so. So once someone has recognized that they are they are dealing with these things, what can they do to kind of come against it? All right, so you've got these things, three things. You've got uh, you have lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and lust of pride. And really, the three things to kind of come combat this, so to speak, and in this order, going you know with with flesh, eyes, pride, sure. uh, is integrity, generosity, and humility. And I want to take just a minute. And, and kind of uh, break this down, is dealing with lust of the flesh. One of the things you can do to combat that is to walk in a manner of integrity. And integrity in its original root meaning actually means wholeness. What you see is what you get. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times people, and I've even, I've even dealt with this, and this is something that I'm personally working through right now, is you departmentalize your life. You say, well, right now I'm a pastor, and right now I'm a husband, and right now I'm a father. Um, When really, uh, and and so what I mean by that is like, if I'm a pastor, I'm going to act one way. If I'm a father, I'll act another way. If I'm hanging out with my friends, I'll act another way. And what tends to happen with that, through departmentalizing your life, is you actually give a little bit of your integrity away to other people and you compromise who it is that you're trying to be and ultimately who it is that God has called you to be. And so it's one of those things that uh, as a pastor, as a father, as a friend, as a husband, I should be Michael Moore and who God's called me to be. And it should be one of those things that I should not be... um, I should be aware of my sin. I should be aware of my shortcomings. But at the same time, it shouldn't be something that I'm trying to hide from people. Now, let me pause. This is huge. With that said, you have to be around people who you can remove the responsibility of the leadership hat around and that you can just have an honest, fun conversation with. Yeah. I'm not talking about a sinful conversation. I'm just talking about that you can just be yourself. Like you and I, we can talk about stuff that I can't talk about on a Sunday morning with people because we have that type of relationship. But I'm also going to strive to not be someone different on Sunday than who I am on a Sunday night or a Monday morning or whoever it may be. And so uh, with integrity, there's this... <clears throat> there's this thing called the Titanic myth. Uh, the Titanic myth, and, and, you know, I don't know, do you believe the Titanic really sank, or do you think it's a conspiracy? I raised this question yesterday, so just out of curiosity. It, it's a movie. I don't really know much past it's, it. It's a movie. I don't okay. care either, I uh, guess. Well, there was a thousand plus people that died. You should care. I mean, I care if it actually happened, but I don't... I don't. So, it, over a hundred years ago, I think, right? Really? Yeah, yep. Yeah, we have a we have a third party who's in the studio, aka my office right now, and he's shaking his head yes, and so he's saying that it's real and that it was over a hundred years ago. So, it's so we're gonna take his word because you know he's smart. Why not? Um, <clears throat> but the Titanic myth is really uh, with it. They they built these different compartments. Uh, to where if it hit an iceberg, they could close the compartments and that compartment would fill up with water and the ship wouldn't sink. Well, what happened? They got hit by the iceberg. They closed the compartments. The compartments filled up with water. And what happened to the ship? It lifted up. It sank. It broke. And, and, you know, Jack died. You know, Jack and Rose. And Rose was like, I'm never going to let go. And then 30 seconds later, she let go and she survived, right? Um, 
But the, the thing that I'm saying with that is a lot of times we think with sin in our life that, that we can prevent sin by departmentalizing it and kind of closing it off. But over time, it will end up sinking the ship that we call our life and our integrity. And once you lose your integrity, it is extremely difficult to gain back with people. Once people see that uh, you're one person on this side and another person over here, they will realize, okay, this is not the real deal. And you're going to lose trust. You're going to lose that trusted influence. It's going to hurt your integrity. And man, it takes years upon years upon years upon years to be able to regain the the integrity back with, with other people. And so Integrity is kind of uh, the thing that you can use to combat the the pride of the flesh of wanting to feel good. I'm going to be an integrous person. The other thing, uh, the 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 lust of the eyes is <coughs> fighting it with generosity. And you know, I used to be terrified about talking about money, but now I just I love talking about money. Uh, we should be more and more generous as we age in our lives, as we mature in our lives. And the more that we are generous with our lives, the more that we're going to realize that we don't necessarily have to have the materialistic things. Mm -hmm. And Jesus even says, uh, if you're faithful with a little, you will be faithful with much. And so you think about pastors, and I want to point out Rick Warren, for instance. Rick Warren, he gives away 91% of his income, and he doesn't take a salary from his church. And so he gives away 91% of his income that he gets off of the royalties of the purpose-driven life and and he gives you know he gives it away and then he doesn't take a salary from his church but he still lives well because he's learned to be generous yeah. uh and he's learned to I'm okay having uh, a mediocre lifestyle materialistically speaking yeah. and because of that God has blessed him with that you think about Warren Buffett right Warren Buffett multi-billionaire and he said I learned off of my first dollar to give 10% away and I've been doing that ever since and now he gives away way more than right. that um, or he did give away m- way more than that and so so here's here's the thing I'll say about generosity you can give without loving but you cannot love without giving yeah. and so if you want to be a leader who's loving to other people you have to be a leader who's willing to give to other people and this looks this is this is your time this is your talents and this is your treasure and anyone who says I'm a generous person let me just say this let me look at your checkbook and let me look at your calendar and see what that looks like and I'll tell you whether or not you're a generous person because where your time goes and where your money goes is where your heart is going to follow yeah. and and if you want to combat that mindset or that that uh, temptation of I'm going to constantly pursue things that are possessions, uh, then you really do have to be a generous person. This is why people go on missions trips and they come back from Africa and they're just broken and they realize, uh, I live in a $200,000 house and I have clean running water, like God, why? And they just want to give it all away because they understand that there are people out there who have much less, who really have a lot more joy. So, The second thing is generosity to kind of combat that. And then the the last, and I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this um, because we've talked about this, the forgotten attribute of leaders is humility. Dealing with pride, the way that you combat pride is humility. And humility is not self-loathing. And uh, I think a lot of people say, I... Um, let, let me give you an example. Whenever I get done preaching, someone will come up to me and be like, man, that was such a good job. And I used to say, oh, it was all Jesus. That's false humility. Um, and, and that's kind of self-loathing. 
yes, it was Jesus, but Jesus gave me this gifting. So I need to walk in the confidence Mm -hmm. of my gifting. And I just need to say thank you and move on and move forward. Um, Humility is not denying your strengths, but it's being honest about your weaknesses. It's not denying your strengths, but it's being honest about your weaknesses. And and here's something, here's something I want to say. A leader can lead more so out of his weakness than he can his strength. Mm. Um, with with every great church, every great organization, it is coupled with a ton of pain. And whenever a leader can be transparent about the pain that they've walked through, whenever they can be transparent about the hell maybe that they're experiencing, uh, they are going to be able to relate to people in their congregation or relate to people on their team uh, more so than someone who just goes in there with this cocky mentality that I've got it all together and I know so much better than everybody else. Yeah. Um, you you cannot have success at whatever it is that you're going through, at marriage, at business, at leadership, at in, in ministry. You cannot have success without pain. There are going to be relationships that go through pain. There's going to be loss that you're going to experience. There's going to be hardship that you experience. And ultimately, you cannot reach where God wants you to reach without going through the pain of life. This is something Jesus experienced, Moses experienced, Abraham experienced, um, Isaac experienced. I could go down the list. Paul experienced. They all walked through pain, but God used them greatly uh, because of that. And, And so really walking and leading from a place of humility will combat what I believe is the greatest weakness in, in leadership. And that really is, uh, the pride that can, that can creep up with all of that. Yeah, that was good. That was a long answer. That was like, it was, it was so long. I honestly forgot what question we are. Okay. We're on question two. No, I'm joking. Uh, I because th- I think you kind of answered both of them, so I'm going to ask this one anyway. But as I said, I think you kind of kind of answered it. So, how might someone keep themselves in check uh, with dealing with these things? You kind of talked how they can um, recognize it. You kind of touched on this maybe a little bit uh, indirectly, but if you want to kind of hit this, um, just how someone can keep in check after realizing that they have these issues. Yeah. So I, I, again, I think it goes back to accountability. It goes back to transparency, it goes back to accountability, and it goes back to having a few people that you can confide in and a few people that you can talk to about your issues yeah. that are going to hold you uh, hold you accountable. And Agreed. I cannot yeah. stress this enough with leaders, leaders in the marketplace, uh, leaders in the church world, especially in the church world. You need people that you can talk to, that you can confide in, yeah. and uh, that you can say, hey, I'm, I'm dealing with this, and, and this is something... <coughs> There's that cough again. I know. This is something that I genuinely try to do uh, is to to be transparent about my struggles and what I'm going through. Yep. And um and and through that you really do have the accountability and the checks and balances, so to speak, with that. Yeah, no, that's good. Any any final thoughts with this as we kind of wrap up this topic? Yeah, I just want to encourage people uh, with all of this to have to have faith, uh, have faith in what's what's coming, have faith in what's next, have faith in whatever the next idea may be. Um, failure is not a bad thing. Yeah. Failure is not a bad thing, but the fear of men will cripple us. Yeah. And so I want to make that clear. Failure is not a bad thing, but the fear of men will cripple us. And so if you have a vision, if you have a dream, run after that and run after that with the confidence and with the faith 
um, that that you can actually achieve that in a Christian context with God's help. Yeah. Uh, there are risks that you're going to have to take. You're going to fail some of the time, but just keep moving forward with it. And so you kind of buckle everything together uh, where you have integrity, generosity, and humility. You walk in that, and then you have faith that you are you are moving forward with that. Um, and, I'll, and I'll just say this, according to your faith, it will be done, right? Yeah. And so God is doing exactly what you expect him to do in your life right now. Yeah. And let me let that sink in. According to your faith, it will be done. That is scripture. So God is doing exactly what you expect him to do in your life right now. Yeah. And Andy Stanley says it like this. You have perfectly designed your organization to get the results that you are getting. Let me make it personal. You have perfectly designed your life to get the results that you're getting. And so if you're not happy with your life, start tweaking some stuff. If you're not happy with how big your vision or your dream is, start having more faith and start believing for more yeah. and uh, and take the steps to pursue that. And so that I, that's kind of my closing thought with all that. And whenever you mess up, get back up and keep moving. Yeah. Again, you fail. We're all going to fail. Just get back up and keep moving. Yeah. No, that's good. Uh, we appreciate everyone for listening to this week's episode of the Inside Out Group podcast. Uh, if you want to f- find out more, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Caster, all the good stuff. You can find us at insideoutgroup.org. You can email us, podcast at insideoutgroup.org, for any questions, topic ideas, or you want to hear more from Michael. If you want to find Michael on the internet, you can find him anywhere on social media at Mike Moore ALB or therealmikemore.com. Even Xbox Live. There you go. If you want to play Sea of Thieves or Red Dead Redemption 2 with Michael Moore. Yeah, I haven't played in a long time. Yeah, but if you want to do either of those, you can join him. I might be in the party, so it could be a fun time, I guess. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'll tell you that. (laughs) So we thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week.